We know things are bad, worse than bad. They're crazy. It's like everything everywhere is going crazy, so we don't go out anymore. We sit in the house, and slowly the world we're living in is getting smaller, and all we say is, please, at least leave us alone in our living rooms. Let me have my toaster and my TV and my steel-belted radios, and I won't say anything. Just leave us alone. Well, I'm not going to leave you alone. I want you to get mad. He's not getting mad. He's just getting even. This is Adam versus the man with your host, Adam Kokesh. The utmost manifestation of love and devotion to America is today, as it always has been, resistance of tyranny. I want my money back. I'm going to drown it in your back. You got me on my knees praying for everything you lack. I ain't afraid of you. I'm just a victim of your fear. You got me in your tower praying that I'll disappear. I got a list of demands. Written on the palm of my hands. I'm on my fist and you are no Aside from the fact that it is dangerously, recklessly naive to think that joining the United States military today is serving your country as opposed to serving bankers, politicians, and war profiteers, it can have real immediate consequences for your health as well. And no, I don't mean just, of course, what you expect when you are out there slaying the lava monster with the sword with the Marine Corps, but in combat and training and things like that, that you, you, you hope to be putting your life on the line for a righteous cause. But no, the vaccine issue, of course, is what I'm referring to here. And I'm inspired to really get into this today by this story. And it's, it's, it's a blog post. This is from November 6th. It's a fed up Democrat, the fed up Democrat dot home dot blog. Yeah, not, just uh, someone, and, and you know what, I, I'm going to read you the source here. Who is fed up Dem, according to their page? I am a father from New York fighting for health freedom, religious freedom, and vaccine choice. My entire life I've been a progressive liberal Democrat. However, there is nothing progressive about mandating anything to be put into my body or my children's bodies without informed consent. I am completely blown away by the notion that vaccine mandates and forced vaccination have anything to do with progressive politics. Well, uh, I, you, you, do you, would, would, I, I hope whoever this is gets to watch this, listen to this podcast, because do, do you want to know why? We, we're going to resolve that in this segment right here. But I'm going to go to the story that first got me to your blog, Vaccine Injured Marine Running for Congress in California, because this really is a tragedy and a cautionary tale. David Rudnick running for Katie Hill's vacant seat, quote, I am a JFK Democrat. And of course, they've got the donation link if to donate to Rudnick's campaign. Click here. November 6, 2019, military vaccine injury is a common occurrence. Once you join Uncle Sam's Marines, you forfeit all rights to refuse being injected with anything, Sammy says. Many soldiers get vaccinated and have no problems at all, which I'm very glad is often the case. However, it is not always the case, not for every soldier. And it's worth pointing out a couple things here. They call it a contract. You signed the mother effing contract. Yeah, right there. No, but it's not. It's not even a contract. It's insane that they call it. They get away with calling it a contract. Oh, it's a social contract. It's the contract with it. a contract. It, 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 it is, it is a, a kind of abuse of the English language in propaganda to refer to all of these things. 
but the en enlistment document, that's what it's actually technically called. They know better legally than to actually call it a contract. It is an enlistment document. And very explicitly in that document, it says, terms subject to change at any time with or without notice to you, the enlistee. And they are not bound in any way, shape, or form. The government has no obligation whatsoever. You can be stop-lost. You can be injected with unsafe experimental vaccines. You can be sent to combat in, in an unconscionable, unjust war, undeclared war, as has been the case with the United States for many years in pretty much all American federal government military interventions. They are unconstitutional. Most recently, Trump's airstrike in Syria, although you could argue lots of other unconstitutional things since then. And but my personal story here, when I went to Iraq, they gave me the smallpox vaccine. And uh, no, I'm sorry, they tried. They gave me anthrax. And anthrax is a six series shot, or at least it was at the time when I was in the reserves before I went for Iraq. And they, uh, I, I, I just like a good little sheep went through and I got my first two shots and then I was like, Wait a second. I, I don't like unnecessary medicine in my body, generally speaking, but what are the odds of me actually getting anthrax? Because somebody mailed them to a congressional office, allegedly this one time now, maybe, and a terrorist mentioned it in a video, whatever it was. It, it, the biggest chemical weapons, biological weapons threat in the Middle East is from weapons that have come from the United States military industrial complex shuttled over there by the United States federal government on behalf of all the power players and string pullers and banking class behind the scenes that want those conflicts to continue. Yeah. Did Saddam Hussein have chemical weapons? Probably not when we invaded, but he did at one point because we had the receipts. We knew. This is not a surprise. But in this case, I want to get back to David Rundick. Quote, I was a whistleblower in the Marine Corps. I was originally standing on a long line to get my vaccines when at the last minute I was taken out and put on a line with only four other Marines. Within days, I was deathly ill. Doctors originally tested me for AIDS. In the first month, I dropped 15 pounds and had serious stomach issues as well as a diagnosis of mononucleosis. My hair also started to fall out in clumps in the shower. Now, I don't even know what this is. I should have done more research for the segment. I had to push tonsil stones out of my mouth every day for weeks. I've still, I like that's, I, I don't know what tonsil stones are, but that sounds freaking horrific. I've still never recovered from the stomach issues. When asked if he was given a different set of vaccines on the alternate line, alternative line, Rudnick answered most likely yes. The other rings in front of me looked nervous too. We all knew something was totally awry. Rudnick doesn't know what vaccines he received while with the Marines, nor how many in total. Quote, I'm afraid to know. I remember receiving two just before I went to Europe on vacation. Rumors swirled within my unit that I, I would never return and go AWOL. So some said they gave me a hot shot for being a hot shot. Mm, now, I wonder if that's that, that's retaliation like that. I mean, I, I want to know more about the story. But before that, I was also threatened with blue on blue, just like Pat, Pat Tillman. So, yeah, being a hot shot, not just being a good Marine, but being a potential whistleblower, you'll see here from, from the next part of this, all Rudnick ever wanted was to be an infantryman leading his nation into battle. When he turned 18, he attended an Army Senior Military College. Eventually, I was taken out of the infantry at North Georgia because I was a commander, not a commando. I rescinded my commission and enlisted in the Marine Corps the very next day as an infantryman. And this is 
the perversion of militarism, of taking that willing warrior spirit, of taking that noble inclination to, to want to serve, as, as, as was my case, wanting to have my life on the line for something I believed in. And at the time, I did, because I fell for it. During his five years in the Marines, Rudnick saw too much. He never gained official whistleblower status, but he claims that he was threatened more than once for witnessing corruption and wanting to shed light on it. Precisely what he knew, we will save for a separate report at another time. Currently, his health is not the best, as his vaccine injuries have taken a toll on him on Twitter when someone stated Rudnick couldn't be trusted because he is a Democrat. He posted a picture of what he says are his military medical files and tweeted almost 10 years of medical files just to be constantly told unknown condition and all from a little shot. No, I will never change my mind on this issue. Now, this is where I get now. All right. All right, devil nuts. Let's talk Marine and Marine for a second here. Um, David Rudnick. You you were tweeted at he's a Democrat. Sorry, California has too many Democrats. California dumps. They sell out for pharma faster than I change panties. Find a new candidate that supports choice. And, and Rudnick, your answer kind of dodged the question here. What kind of politician are I mean, he's not saying, there's no question, obviously, but he's, you didn't address the, the issue that was raised here, which was not that you were lying about your medical issues, but just that you're a Democrat. You know, you can't trust them in the sense that they're all in the pockets of big pharma. That's true. Do the research, look it up. If you want to run as a Democrat and succeed, there is going to come a point where they say, okay, these are the rules. You don't touch this issue or that issue. And if, if your core issue is your story and how you were screwed over by, by vaccines in the Marines, they will not let you win. You are not allowed in the Democratic Party's agenda. And there's something more fundamental to this. Because you talk about, let's see, your platform. Repeal the 1986 Vaccine Injury Act. I, I don't particularly know what that is, but I assume it's a good thing to get rid of it. Sure, if if that's if, if there's something in, that, that you that you know affects vaccine, yes, that, that, that restores your right to decide what you put in your own body. I'm all for it. Pro-life Democrat, which today is as rare as a unicorn. Yes, okay, we're not going to get into that. Immigration reform to help both Americans and immigrants. Reform, really? Ah, who's not for reform? <laughs> Uh, climate change legislation. Again, this is if you believe that man-made climate change is the best is, is an issue best addressed by the violence of the state, then ah, you're doing the right thing. But I don't think that's what you realize is happening here. And the Fed, yes, I'm with you. Yes, Ooh. impeach Trump. Yes, here, here. And of course, his full platform is linked here, RudnickForCongress.com, and. You were asked by, by the blogger, what did you think of the five-year task force of Trump's to create a next generation of flu vaccines? Rudnick, quote, Trump modernizing the flu shot? What a joke and a sham. Whatever happened to just getting the flu? Many, many says his, uh, say his son is vaccine injured, uh, possibly autistic, so he spoke out on this issue. Only get elected, then shunned. He is a huge disappointment. In Trump's executive order to develop new flu vaccines, Trump states that new vaccine adjuvants will be tested on military veterans in the VA. I asked Rudnick if he is aware of anything unethical being done in VA hospitals. And it's like, yeah, too many of my friends have killed themselves on their experimental psychiatric drugs. They hand them out like candy and insist that you take them. These drugs induce psychosis and it's caused an epidemic of suicides. I know this for a fact. 
And this is again, you know, man, you are hitting close to home, brother. This was, that was that was part of my story. You know, I went to the VA when I got out, told them I was having trouble sleeping, got handed a brown paper bag on my way out with five prescriptions. Three of them had suicide listed as a side effect. I tried one, uh, what was it? I don't one of the anti-anxiety meds as needed, and it was like smoking cannabis, but with a headache. <laughs> no, so I went to just smoking cannabis, and I, I really do think that that saved my life, seeing how those pharmaceuticals lead so many veterans down that dark hole to suicide. But I want to take you down the happy rabbit hole for a second here, David, and, and fed up Democrat, because you are so right and righteous on this issue of vaccines, and it is such an important gateway issue to real freedom and to libertarianism, this idea that you own yourself. Only you can prevent runaway government. Now, only you can decide what you put in your own body. That's... A, a simple reality of the human experience that government and, and as you advocate and as you support and as it looks and I, and from what it means to be a progressive Democrat, you are, it, while asserting this on this issue so righteously, what you are doing is saying it is okay for governments to violate your self-ownership for other reasons, for other issues, when it's justified for things that you want forced on other people. The bottom of the rabbit hole in, in, in politics is realizing that politics as we know it today is the conversation of who do we point the guns of government, government at to organize society. And the libertarian answer to that question is nobody. All human relationships should be respectful of self-ownership, should be voluntary, free of force, fraud, and coercion, should be win-win, not win-lose, as under coercion, as under government, as we know it today, and transitioning to make government voluntary is what we are really called on to do as warriors. All right, Devil Nuts? And today is Friday, December 13th, 2019. Man, that was a, that was a fun and a deep story. I really like starting with that today. Um, Joey, join us in studio, and Sam Miller bringing us fan mail and death threats later on in the show. And I really should be more organized here. But this is our second podcast bringing back this version. I am really excited about how this is going. Sorry we didn't get to a show yesterday. Still doing a lot processing what we had from uh, the day before. Got some great videos out. I was mentioned on Alex Jones' show the same day, so yesterday we were cutting up that video and getting that posted. Please check that out on YouTube and Facebook and Twitter and Instagram separately in all those places. Like, share, favorite. We're, we're going to come back to this. It was a really interesting mention on uh, on the Alex Jones show day before yesterday. So we're, we're seeing if we can... Uh, if we can get in contact with Alex about that. Now that now that he knows we're running. So got to thank our sponsors, of course, local.bitcoin.com. And if you want to get involved in cryptocurrency from the ground up, start with bitcoin.com. Great website to start with. I use the wallet from bitcoin.com. We did it just the other day to move a little bit of money to pay for super synchronistically here. Two pizzas. That's right. And it wasn't this is the very first Bitcoin transaction, for those of you who don't know. I had no was, idea. <laughs> it was something like 20,000 Bitcoin, which today is like $2 billion something dollars, insane, like they're $200 million, whatever it is. And um, Leave it to my you know, craving for a deep dish cheese. Yeah, to, right. Uh, we didn't create the synchronicity. <laughs> but no, so this is, this is worth pointing out. I mean, you would never, this was your, we, 
We popped your crypto cherry. Oh my! The other the other night. I mean, that's that's a that's a big deal. Like it was, and it was easy. So. It was easy. It, it was, was it was it was very easier easy. than you thought it was going uh -huh. to be. Didn't really live up to the hype in terms of the challenge. But no, it was. Yeah. You go. I mean, you went to the Play Store. I went to the Play Store. I downloaded the app. I'm totally tech stupid. Um, and I pulled up the little scanny code thing and bam, there it was. Yeah. And, and instantly before, before you could even say, is it there yet? <laughs> there it was. I mean, this is, it's magic to me. It's, it's like I found, I found a unicorn, right? Oh, and all for pizza. Yeah. And then you put up the one button receive and a QR code pops up, pulled it up on my wallet from my at my phone from the app on, on, on mine. Boom. Sent, done, piece of cake, very cool. Also, naturalnews.com, and we are looking to get more involved with them with affiliate marketing. And I'm actually looking forward to trying out more of Mike's product. He's like giving me a handful over the years, really good stuff, very clean, uh, amazing news, what, what they're able to do if you have it. And this is, you know, to the vaccine issue, starting with that. It's, it's amazing how it, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a weird, obvious issue and and when your life has been ruined by a vaccine, it kind of consumes your life. Like no kidding, right? Like that's the one issue, and we we haven't squared this one. And and even from the perspective of the powers that be wanting to feed everyone medicine unnecessarily or keep people sick or whatever it is, you would think they would eliminate the freak negative reaction cases when it comes to vaccines. Like that's not. It's not necessary to use this stuff. I mean, can, if you're going to figure out a way to rip us off by putting unnecessary shit in our body and you want us to not get too upset about it, can you not make it make every, like, even what, it, I, I don't know what the rate is. I don't want to overstate it, but what, even if it's one in a thousand, can you not make everyone that one in a thousand people who get this product freakishly ill as a result? I, and if, if you think about how many Americans are made freakishly ill, as a result of, it's got to be more than one in a thousand. It's got to be, and the pets are affected too. Not, not to take it off, but it, it, the vaccines are, are it, it's like anything else. Not everything is for everyone. People's bodies react differently to different substances. And for that reason alone, nobody can be forced to take the same medicine over and over again. So we also encourage everybody to check out Northern Arizona Biological Dentistry, NABD, Northern Arizona Biological Dentistry. They will get the metals out of your mouth. I went through the treatment there. Uh, and it was uh, a wonderful experience, totally professional. And, and you might be wondering, why does a local dentistry shop that's not any kind of uh, franchise or anything, why, why are they advertising on Adam versus the Man, a, a hypothetically national global podcast? Well, they're, they're that good. People come from, uh, from outside of the country even, uh, certainly all over the region. You know, I, I live an hour away. Obviously, it was easy and worth it for me. But no. <laughs> This is this is a, one of a handful of top of the line places to get the metals pulled out of your teeth. If you have mercury, uh, the the mercury amalgam fillings, I got a bunch of those when uh, when I was much younger. Anyway, so I think that's it for. Do we have any announcements coming? I guess we should point out that we are still actively working on filling out the spring tour, and and Joey with her amazing experience in working with bands and concert promotion is going to be helping us get uh, the most out of our time on the road from January until May with the national convention next year, at which point we win the nomination and things level up in a whole other way. And our schedule is going to be dictated by a lot of factors outside of our immediate control. But until then, 
We get to plan this really amazing tour between now and May and with the Libertarian primary going to as many Libertarian state conventions as possible. If you have requests for events in your area, and there's really not much of the country that we can't hit in the next Oh, no. Six months. The conventions are all over the place. We'll, we'll be in your town, we promise. We are literally Sometimes zigzagging twice. across the country. So J-O-I-E at thefreedomline.com. Of course, you can always get me, Adam, at thefreedomline.com. And in case you're hearing this somewhere else, our uh, home for the podcast now is ABTM10. That is it. This is because this is the 10th edition, version 10.0 of Adam versus the Man, abtm10.libson.com. And as always, you can find everything else you need about me at our main website, thefreedomline.com. So, Joey, I know it's I know that was a long opener, but we want to get through a lot of news stories today. What's up first? Oh, there's, there's a bunch. Um, so we're going to start off. Terrence Jeffrey reported on CNS News that feds collect record taxes through November but still run a $343.3 billion deficit, which is the second highest spending in the nation's history. I'm, I'm shocked this is news. Like, I almost didn't want to cover this because it's like, yeah, the feds collected record taxes. The line keeps going up and up and up and up. And it's, it, it, it shouldn't be news. No. Like, but but what's what's really interesting interesting in, relate, in relationship to this is the story we're going to cover next into this about the five hundred billion dollar Fed pumping. But what do you think is the significance of, or uh, what is significant in this story? Record taxes through November still running. I mean, is it, is there anything more to this than just no? The numbers keep going up. Trump is not playing four D chess. He's not draining the swamp. He's not reducing the size of government. He's effectively not lowering taxes. Because this is really important. And he has played this angle and gotten away with it because it, that this is what always happens. And that government spending goes up and taxes go down nominally here, there, there. And, and, and you might think, but if the spending goes up, that money comes from somewhere. Whether it's from direct taxation and taxation is theft. Or whether it comes from inflation, the inflation tax. And it's still theft by deception when they're doing it that way. The American people pay like... Government is not a magical entity that just gets to create money out of thin air or the Federal Reserve or just borrow money and, and, and endlessly create value. No, they are rearranging value. They are introducing inefficiency to the system. They are sucking value away from the people for programs controlled by government. Yeah, and it's amazing how uh, complacent everybody's become to this, which is allowing them to continuously raise these rates without anybody batting an eye. Um, something interesting in this article that they also shared is um, the share of credit card borrowers who are at least 90 days past due on their accounts will probably tick up to 2% next year, which is the highest level since 2010. Uh, so it looks like these tax rates are hmm. trickling down to the American yeah, uh, people. Yeah, not, quite a bit. So th that's that's an interesting implication. You know, I'm really glad you mentioned that because, you know, in some ways in my own life, you know, I I live off grid or on the road, <laughs> and I I don't have any credit cards. I, I have a debit card. I try to use it as little as possible and, and not keep money on there. I have, you know, various business accounts for different things that I. I Really try to know as little about as possible. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to have to think or worry about this Too stuff. Stressful. But I don't have a credit card, and I and I see how so many Americans use credit cards to make ends meet, and it's like, are you? It's insane. It doesn't make ends meet. And like, <laughs> like, and quality of life is good. It's it's easy 
when quality of life is good to get lulled into kind of com complacency. Well, I can borrow more, more, I can put more stuff on my credit card and I'll be, and it's like, it adds up and, and it's time for, uh, not the boogaloo, but, uh, <laughs> and not quite a fight club reset of the debt record, but really we overthrow the dollar system one way or another, whether it's with my platform, my campaign, something political, or just with cryptocurrency rendering fiat laughably obsolete and just, you know, good money driving bad money out of the market because cryptocurrencies generally in Bitcoin, obviously, especially consistently increase in value because of the way they're engineered as more people get into the system. When you have a finite number of crypto coins in a, in a particular system, demand goes up, the value goes up. Whereas with fiat currencies, they are engineered to consistently go down in value through inflation, the creation of more money at central banks in, in, in the United States, the Federal Reserve System, but throughout the world. And where it really affects people here, you can go, oh, yeah, this is, this is the crunch point. This is Americans now not being able to pay their credit card bills and then being pushed out of the credit system in the United States. And that's the other thing that so many of us have become dependent on. Like, I, I own my vehicle. I own my land. I, I don't have to do too much of, of, of that, you know, of that yeah, world. Yeah. And it's... I would rather live poor and modest Absolutely. and own everything that I need to live well than be a slave to the man because I have to make credit card payments, because I have to make car payments, because all, and it's like, no, 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 I refuse. I don't want to play that game. And I think it, and, I, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to say like I'm on, on a high horse here because I'm not, you know. Super financially conscious, but this is one way I've, I've stepped up my own consciousness and, and I, I live happier as a result. I see the stress, too, that most Americans experience one way or another around, around money. And I think if you don't have to do that, you're putting you're putting a green piece of paper uh, above your comfort and your happiness. It's. Uh, so let's let's get to the next story because this is this is the next one. This is the the metric the metric of what is being stolen and where the money's going. Really, yeah, this one comes from Tyler Durden at ZeroHedge.com. Uh, massive, huge, largest. Hold ever. on, no, no, no. You got to say it. Oh, if you're going to say it like that, you got to like really do the Trump voice. <laughs> this is a massive, huge, huge. largest ever. <laughs> <laughs> you do it better than me. Uh, the feds will flood the market with gargantuan $500 billion in liquidity to avoid a year-end repo crisis. A uh, federal statement regarding repurchasing options on Tuesday uh, reported uh, that the feds are announcing a $50 billion term operation for Monday, December 23rd, and a $50 billion Again on the thirtieth. Now I, I want to. I'm going to jump out here and admit some ignorance. Like I've read uh, "End the Fed" by Ron Paul, and there was a time when I was really into this, learning the exact mechanisms of how we're ripped off by the current monetary system. And at some point, I, I, I hate to keep harping on this point, but no, you, if there's a knife in your back, you stop studying the knife at some point and say, "Get it out." And what I'm doing by covering the story is just glancing at the size of the knife. It's like, huge. It's huge. It's yeah. Huge. It's huge. $500 billion. $500 billion. Just, that's, I can't that's, even imagine that amount of money. I, I, I don't think 
I don't think my entire generation dating back has, has, has been able to, to make that amount. It's yeah, that's, that's value sucked out of we the people to go into bankers' pockets. It's bad. And, and once you know that it's that, you just go, let's, let's get it out. And it goes on to say, to prevent a cascading year-end liquidity squeeze, Fed's overnight repo operations will continue to be held each day. Just to be safe, the Fed will go to town by substantially expanding their size on December 31st, 2019 and January 2nd, 2020. The overnight repo offering will increase at least $150 billion to cover the turn in a flood of overnight liquidity. Now, there was one other number in this story that I thought was important, and it was about the overall number. And this is... Uh, this this is this is really actually shocking because it, it is worth pointing this out for the historical perspective of of what this means it, it, proportionately, right? Like, as we can say, five hundred billion. I don't know how much that is. All right. This also means that by January fourteen, the Fed's balance sheet would have grown by a cumulative three hundred sixty-five billion dollars in temporary repos, and together with the expanded overnight repos and the sixty billion in monthly T-bill purchases, and by mid-January. The Fed's balance sheet, currently at $4.066 trillion, will surpass its all-time high of $4.5 trillion. Wow. It, this scale, it scales up every time. So $4 trillion to $4.5 trillion, this might represent a, a, a huge increase in the practical theft being experienced by the American people. Remember, the purpose of government isn't to feed you vaccines. It's not to you know, control your education. That's a means to an end. The purpose is exploitation. We are more capable, more productive than we have ever been in human history. And to see that we are, the gap of where we could be uh, versus where we are gets bigger. It, it should be more and more frustrating because it is what is being stolen from us. Uh, the, the wealth of generations, our inheritance, quality of life, the idea that the goal now should not be full unemployment, but full retirement, that every American should have financial security, should have your inheritance, should have it, everything that's been stolen from you returned. That's what we should be demanding no less than. That is how much wealth is being piled up in the hands of the few. It came out of your pockets. And as soon as you admit that, as the American people, we're ready to face up to that. We're not going to fall for this nonsense of, of a coercive centralized monetary system designed to rip us off. No, no more, no more. Well, moving on. Um... Let's see. Dermil Mehta from 538.com reports that Democratic presidential candidates are becoming less popular, but not less popular than Trump. <laughs> 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 oh, let's see. Monmouth University and I can never say this right. <laughs> Quinnipiac. <laughs> I think good. <laughs> University each Bless released you. polls. Bless you. <laughs> so both released polls this week that asked voters whether they had favorable or unfavorable opinions of leading Democratic presidential candidates as well as President Trump. Uh, so the Quinnipiac <laughs> poll found that Trump received the worst marks overall, a net favorability rating of negative 17. <laughs> 
Mm -hmm. we, we, we went lower than zero here. Mm -hmm. uh, this figure is 10 percentage points below the lowest rated Democratic contender, which is, drum roll, mm. good old Liz Warren. And Liz of the Mohicans. Liz of the Mohicans. And 14 points worse than former Vice President Joe Biden, whose net favorability rating was negative three. Um, the Monmouth poll, on the other hand, put Trump's net favorability at negative six. A little bit better. A little bit better. Um, I guess that's that's double, so that's that's impressive. Um, let's see, where was I? Negative six, which made him more popular than any of the Democratic frontrunners, with the exception of Mayor Pete Buttigieg of South Bend, Indiana. Buttigieg. 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 We're having speech issues today. No, that's... Why can't we? I, I want to write a dictionary of English 2.0 and make everything way simpler. And yeah. names like this will not be allowed when I'm president. Just, <laughs> like no. Freedom of speech is overrated. I don't want to have to pronounce Buttigieg forever. <laughs> yeah, like that. That's not that's not American spelling. It should be illegal. If you're going to pronounce your name Buttigieg, like actually spell it Boot Edge Edge. As, as, as he has T-shirts that say that actually. Oh, Boot Edge, edge, edge. edge Like. That's it's like, like yeah, for 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 an unknown, you know, or low low I name ID candidate. But you know what's what's funny about this, or what I love about this, it's it just in in order like the, the system is so controlled in such a way, and who is allowed on stage, who is allowed to become a, a nationally prominent mainstream yeah. media, officially sanctioned, recognized candidate for president, that. Uh, they're only letting in people that the more you get to know them, the less you like them. You notice that? You know, it's and it's the opposite with libertarians. It's like with with, with Democrats and Republicans and the, the the gang of thugs who get to the level of being truly considered for the nomination by the old parties. Like you, you look into what did they vote for, who are they taking money from, and you go. And most of their personal stories aren't much better. I mean, yeah. they spin them into these, you know, mythical whatever. And and with libertarians, you know, most of us, it's just like, I was a regular guy who got fed up with shit and said, I have to do something about this. So certainly of who we're talking about here, Elizabeth Warren, I mean, I, I had like the... I released my DNA test thing from what was it last year or the year before when... Trump was, I'm like, she's been setting herself up hard to run for president and not, I'm not endearing. You would think, you know, they, they could do something endearing from a libertarian perspective. Like, it, well, like Tulsi Gabbard, for example, the way she talked about foreign policy, that's endearing to libertarians sure, because she's, sure. she's, she's speaking from a powerful personal position as a veteran and, and really not pulling punches. Um, but then even that, even with her, like the more you get to know her, the less you like her when you see all of her various status positions. Yeah, it's, so. it's definitely a frustrating thing, that, that lesser of two evils. So. I, I like what this reflects in the paradigm shift. I think Americans are becoming, starting to become sure. a little more skeptical of politics. Not as enough as we should be. But it's, it's progress. You know, I may knock the millennial <laughs> generation, but um, but, but no, they're, they're, they're waking up. They can't be fooled. Um, we are um, we're definitely moving on to brighter days. Um, so moving not on, according to this next story. Not according to this next story. <laughs> well, I, it depends on your perspective. Uh, brighter days are the fact that this story actually come out. I suppose um, rather than seeing the shadows. 
The headline is very disturbing. Um, this is from Joseph Goldstein and Ashley Southall, the New York Times reported. I got tired of hunting black and Hispanic people. Multiple police officers in Brooklyn say that they were told by a commander that white and Asian people should be left alone. Um, so New York City residents are filled with concern after sworn statements from multiple police officers were released revealing that Commander Constantine Sukas, again with these names that pronounced <laughs> wrong, uh, spelled wrong there. So he, this guy was in charge of more than 100 officers who patrolled a particular area of the subway in Brooklyn, New York. Um, according to multiple reports, he instructed officers to think of white and Asian people as soft targets and urged them instead to go after black and Latinos for simple crimes like jumping turnstiles, cannabis, trespassing if you're homeless, and other such. Hold on, I gotta say, as disturbing as this is, I think this is a misapplication of the term soft targets. I mean, I, I don't know if the police have some different concept here, but a soft target is something that's soft, it's easy, it's a target, it's easy to get, because a hardened target is one with, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, cement walls and bunkers and yeah. sandbags and stuff around it. That would be a hard target in, in, in military terms. So, you know, you go after soft targets first. But they're saying he's saying go after hard targets. But it's just, it's like, it, it's just this weird perversion of these are the hard people. Those are the soft people. Like, they don't do hard crimes or hard drugs. You know, it's... It's, it's disturbing. Um, quotes from this... This uh, officer, this, this maintainer of the peace, um, you're stepping on too many Russians, or I'm sorry, you're stopping, stopping too yeah. many Russians and Chinese. You should write more, you should write more black and Hispanic people. Um, the, the what quote, is that, like, write, like, write up? Write up is what I would assume uh, the quote meant. So the sworn statements were gathered the last few months as part of a discrimination lawsuit brought by four black and Hispanic police officers to deal with a period between 2011 and 2015. Now, since then, um, this gentleman actually got promoted a couple of times. So that's mm -hmm. that's rather interesting. Um, enforcement has surged nearly 50% in 2019 as city police officers issued 22,000 more tickets for fare evasions this year compared to 2018. You would think in New York, being sort of hyper-liberal the way they are, that they would there would be some... <clears throat> liberal conscious conscience ping here to say, hey, we're locking people up, we're like arresting people for fare evasion, that's turnstile jumping, that's just using the subway because you can't afford or you'd rather risk it. Like, these are not, I mean, yeah, there's kids. There's kids, there's kids but you don't who just go punk out kids. actively doing that if, if there's not a reason for These it. are people who like can't afford $2 to ride the metro in, in New York? Like, can they just make it free? I, it's so, like, so do, let's they not, do they not just like with, with see the, yeah, it, it, it's, it's like banks having, what, how, how many billions they charged last year for the accounts overdrawn. being overdrawn? Like, so banks stole so many billions of dollars from people who don't have any it. money? Uh, like, uh, after the poor people. Like, and and I've, I used to deal with this when I was less fiscally organized, not that I'm any, paragon of this now but like yeah to have like overdraft fees on my debit account it's like why don't you just program it to cut off at zero I, how about that and like no I, I found one that that, that does that Me now too. but Me it's too. like it's beautiful how, <laughs> it, 
it's you, amazing that one at some point you couldn't find that. It, it was it was the the normal the status Ugh. quo, just like the tax thing. Once 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 we stop accepting it, like you said, you found somewhere that doesn't do it, and so have I. And um, twenty two thousand more tickets. Twenty two thousand more tickets, and and correct me if I'm wrong, but. There's a lot of serious crime in New York City. I mean, there's people getting hurt and raped and murdered and killed every single day. No, but if they actually solved those crimes and did the appropriate preventative measures they were capable of to stop those kinds of true, dangerous, violent crimes from happening, they would lose their justification for existing. They would, they would, they, they, they would be job. so good. If we had police departments they were really accountable to the people that were doing anywhere near what we as, as, as humanity is capable of today in terms of natural law enforcement. There would be so little crime that they would have to radically shrink their budgets. They can't do that. They have to allow some rapists and killers out there. And, and I'm, I know that sounds hyperbolic. It's not. It, and I covered this story years ago with Adam versus the man. I really think somewhere like I mean, it must have been seven or eight years ago, where it first came out, and this was using examples from the Northeast, New England area, that there were lots of police departments that had stockpiles of rape kits, untested, in their evidence lockers, in labs, unaddressed. And they were going through and sampling pot that had been confiscated, for the labs to bust people for cannabis possession. Mm. If that doesn't tell you something is seriously wrong with the law enforcement system in America, I, I don't know what it is, but this is like one just, uh... yeah, you want to talk about moving in a positive direction? Maybe it is. One one more whistleblower, but who, I, you know, and I, I grapple with this a little bit myself, but you know, the idea like there are no good cops because they're all to some degree reinforcing the system. I don't believe that as a blanket statement i believe there are a lot of well-intentioned cops a lot of misled cops but they get shoved out a lot faster i think yeah absolutely and i think like you uh, and your story going into the military and your intent a lot of a lot of police officers go into the force with good intent yep. and yep. either they never notice it because the programming sets in or they get stuck under the heavy thumb of that almighty dollar um it, it, it's unfortunate uh, it makes me it almost makes me feel for them. I mean, some of these cops are stuck. They, they just want to feed their family, and maybe they don't want to be doing what they're doing anymore. Um, so hopefully these investigations will empower more police officers to speak up. Um, I've got to imagine that if all these police officers spoke up who witnessed and disliked the injustice in their department, that they would outnumber the uh, the crooked cops. So. Well, I got I to gotta quote one of my favorite comedians, Cal Kinane, on this. He says, you know, I know one of the signs I'm, I'm getting old is that I don't hate all cops. And he's like, <laughs> you know, for the guy who's like, well, I got bullied a lot in school and now I'm, you know, uh, I have all these insecurities that I want to take out by bullying people back with uh, the color of law protection of the government and, you know, the legal excuse to be able to do whatever I want to beat people up. No, screw that guy. I don't care about that. But for the guy who's like, well, it pays $10 an hour more than the post office and they love to carry a gun. Okay, yeah, I can relate to that. I almost was that guy. Got right it. Here. And, and there, there are people like that in small town police departments and some sheriff's departments who are able to maintain a semblance of integrity in state cops. But that's the rare exception in America. Yeah, absolutely. It's a different day and age than uh, the old Mayberry days. So, 
Um, good news from over in Jerusalem. Jeremy Sharon of the Jerusalem Post reported that Jewish prayer has returned to the Temple Mount. Um, it says exclusive senior words. Wakaf. Wakaf. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what that is. I don't either. Uh, Wakaf department. The Wakaf department. I'm official. pretty sure that's how you pronounce it because, you know, I spoke Arabic. I mean, I, it's, it's better to say I spoke than I speak it, so I'm really out of practice now. But, yeah, there's a certain uh, way of pronouncing words from uh, the language of, of it's both Hebrew and Arabic, unsurprising, or, you know, very similarly structured languages. There's a lot of different dialects, too. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, but yeah, they, they, they leave out a lot of, compared to Romance languages, they, they leave out a lot of, uh, well, the languages are basically without uh, without vowels. Interesting. So, like, Wakaf is, is every time you see a word like Al-Qaeda, uh, the al-Musra, al Mujahideen, like all these whatever propaganda words about of Arabic, the reason there are different spellings is because they're what's called a transliteration. So you have to put the vowels in to pronounce them in English. Exactly. So here it's or, like I think oh. this is a transliteration of a, a word that in Hebrew would be WKF, and they know to pronounce it as they see a, a nat, you know, native reader of that language goes not wakaf but you have to be like okay let's put the a in the a and in. leave the u out that would be okaf because yeah. it's a short sound and just we'll just hope that the dumb americans can maybe they'll get it right but like even uh you know all of all of these these propaganda terms they're i think they're made generally to sound uh scarier like um what's what's surprise me what's the what's the arab word for school um it's, uh, it's. A, I gotta, I gotta look it up. I should know this off the top of my head. Should I? Like, a language. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Hold on. See if we can do this real fast. It's um, because they use this as as a propaganda word, and the Arab word for school became the Arab word for every terrorist training camp. Oh, like they're my. going to these. Oh, now I forget. Leave it to the United States to put a negative connotation on the things they don't like. All right, let's get to the story, and maybe by the time you're done, I'll figure out what this word is yep. in Arabic that I forgot. This one's a good one. Uh, Jewish worshipers are able to pray on the Temple Mount with what appears to be the consent of police forces at the site. Uh, Jerusalem Post reporter followed um, senior rabbi... I'm, I'm, I can't. Rabbi Weber. <laughs> <laughs> Rabbi Weber, a group of 10 Jewish men ascended the Temple Mount on Thursday morning at the beginning of the non-Muslim visiting hours at 7 a.m. and were surprisingly left alone by police for the first time in a long time. Uh, prayers were recited in full view of the immediate proximity of the police officers escorting the group around the Temple Mount and they afforded the worshipers the time they needed to complete their prayers. So it sounds like these police officers even escorted these folks and helped them um, stay safe in case there was anybody who wanted to come counter-protest their praying. So progress in Israel. Like madrasa. It. Madrasa. Now madrasa. That's how, you've heard this term, right? I've heard this term. In the madrasas where they're training to be. Madrasa is just the Arabic word for school. Well, now every American yeah. is afraid so madrasa. of the madrasas. Yeah, no, no, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm 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 a I'm a good self-hating 
Drew being appropriately ignorant of all all of this, <laughs> like th- th- there's just silly stuff in the Middle East uh, that that I don't want to say silly because it's serious. People people like people die, and it's it's really with the money going to all the different governments, especially the state of Israel. It is a really disgusting side effect of really the financial superclass that they're able to you know poor men fighting and dying in line of rich men's pockets in war conflict. It's always the same thing. But I don't like so I didn't know like there's going to be a protest because they allowed them to pray and it's like in full view and within immediate proximity of the officers like what like ha- that was the status quo you walk up somewhere you're allowed to be and if you start talking to God in your own way they're going to arrest like the cop like and I'm thinking Jefferson dance party oh, of course like no you can be there but you're not allowed to dance what do you mean dance. What's the legal definition yeah, who of dance? Defines dancing? Like move my, I, I can't can I sw- move can my body a in a rhythmic way. Is this, if I'm swaying gently, is that like? And I, you guys remember this, you know, back to my I think civil does. disobedience icon of, of 2011, but like it, it, of all places, like the, the Temple Mount, like the, the your. There, there was you're allowed to be there, but you're not allowed to pray because if you pray, someone's gonna get offended. I, yeah, and and I would imagine what? you could sit there and pray in your head, right? What? Nobody would have any idea that you're praying. Stealth, so pr- you're allowed to stealth pray. Does, Just does, don't tell anybody because you might get motion. arrested. Right. What? I wonder what the guidelines what? really are there, or right. if there are any. We have more fun stuff to cover. Let's get to at least one, one more story. We do have super fun stuff to cover. Um, Everybody's a big Rick and Morty fan, right? <laughs> everybody's a big everybody. Rick and Morty fan. No, well, everybody who's a Rick and Morty fan is a big Rick and Morty fan. And it's interesting, having been a, a, a Rick and Morty fan for a number of years, I will, you know, burnish my credentials here, uh, and and at least spoof-endorsed by <laughs> Rick and Morty by some uh, some fan art, it is... It is a it, it is a show that really it's like either you get it or you don't. Yeah. And at first I didn't. I like I, there was something about the visuals, honestly, that like just the first time like creeped me out for a second. But then as soon as I engaged with it, I was like, oh, the message. Is this deep. might be the most unintentionally libertarian show ever, or powerfully unintentionally libertarian. I mean, House of Cards really is the most libertarian. Yeah, clearly. To show how evil politicians are, but no, there's like Rick is the epitome of living that libertarian attitude oh, of I'm better than government. Screw you. Leave me alone. I don't need this shit. And it's, and, and it just so happens that he's the smartest man in the multiverse, which helps, you know, keep government out of your life. But he also like the, the, the themes and, and you know, the, the, uh, the, the attitude that he portrays or that is portrayed with, with, with Rick is just so beautifully anti-authoritarian, if not explicitly libertarian, I think anybody has to see that and love it, especially. Yeah. I, I know I haven't. I have yet to meet a libertarian that doesn't love that Rick and Morty. Like, yeah, that doesn't love it's Rick. Kind of the first thing. Well, uh, Saren Morris of Newsweek reported that Rick and Morty Pringles. Oh, jeez. Uh. Rick and Morty Pringles. <laughs> oh. When will they be available? So Pringles announced that it will launch Rick and Morty inspired pickle Rick flavored Pringle chips. Of course. Pickle Rick. Oh. Pringles will launch, uh, I'm sorry, the Pringles launch comes with a 30-second commercial that, of course, is going to air on the biggest advertisement night of American 
history the Super Bowl and uh, this year's Super Bowl 2020. So I'm guessing they're going to kind of <laughs> go overboard on the 2020 version. Uh, so I, I remember the the Szechuan sauce episode, not just the episode, <laughs> but the surrounding events episode with with Rick and Morty, and how cool that was that they had that like esoteric cultural reference tie-in. And I'm I'm big on conscious consumerism, so a little bit I'm like McDonald's, hey, Pringles, Pringles. Love. But you know, I shop at Walmart every now and then. Like I get it. You know, there's and and, and there's something that that does make me cringe, but it's so beautifully like unabashedly commercialized about Rick and Morty. Just like, yeah, okay, you're fancy to McDonald's. That's the reality. Get some, get paid. Get get your get your uh, you know corporate tie and get your ad and and like you know what? They're playing the game, right? I hate to admit it because I would I never buy Pringles and I do my best my best to avoid processed food or or you know anything that's that's got a long list of ingredients on it but pickle Rick flavored Pringles yeah I'm I'm, I'm, I'm buying I'm them. buying one of those just one one just yeah. one we won't even <laughs> open it we're not gonna eat it because there's ingredients we can't pronounce <laughs> so Gareth McGuire who's the senior director mark director of marketing for Pringles said in a statement we want to do something completely new for the brand for the 2020 big game and are thrilled to be partnering with Adult Swim and the Rick and Morty show, which continues to grow in popularity year after year and enjoys a cult fan following. We hope the new special edition Pickle Rick flavor <laughs> will be a hit with the show's fans, and I'm sure it will, like you said. Having a big libertarian base, I think, presumably, um, there's probably a lot of uh, Rick and Morty fans that think the same way about consumerism and sustainability. Um, Likely it'll be a hit, though. Should be sitting in everybody's curio cabinet in 10 years so they can tell their children about the Pickle Rick Super Bowl. <laughs> Just to be perfectly clear, I still have my same life goals in mind, and that's I'm, I want to be Rick Sanchez when I grow up. I'm, I will support you <laughs> and endorse your efforts towards that wholeheartedly. Though. All right. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Um, so I'm going to pass it back off to you. But before I go, you guys, just reminding you to pass joints not judgment, because we're all in this together. And we'll see you next time. Here, here. And now, fan mail and death threats. All right, Sam. <laughs> what you got for us today in the mailbag? Um, today we have an email from Neil. And Neil says, hello again, Adam. I understand that you had a very negative experience with the military, but I am trying not to look at all the negatives. A lot of older people who are in the military are encouraging me to join, but there is doubt within me. Anyways, I would be willing to get your book and read the soldiering chapter. Thanks, Neil. Mm. Mm. Within doubt, there is wisdom. I would not say that I had a negative experience with the military so much as that I realized that I was a party to a war crime. You know, my military experience, if, I, if it didn't have those implications... Probably would have been fine. I was a good Marine. I enjoyed going out and playing in the dirt and shooting guns and like any uh, other little yeah, boy, right? right? Yeah, like no. any other little boy. I was that Marine. Like I was gung ho. You know, I was uh, meritorious promotion to sergeant. You know, on my way into a combat zone. Like I was good proficiency in conduct marks all around. Enthusiastic about it. I the the part about my experience that was bad really didn't have much to do 
with my deeper understanding. The bad part was I got in trouble for bringing a pistol back as a souvenir, and it's like, really? Oh, come on, of all the crime, like you're gonna, like you're gonna mess with my career yeah, or I just my record because of because of this. People bringing back taxidermied camel spiders. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, well, I I brought a gun back, you know, like that, that whatever that crosses their line, okay. Um, but that I was treated the way I, I did wasn't the reason I woke up so much as the motivator for it in the sense that I was disgruntled when I got out of the Marines. And that cleared the way for me to start questioning things. And it's been so cool over the course of my activism since I got out and got active with Iraq Veterans Against the War that it's motivated so many people to question militarism, whether it's right for themselves or for this country or, or for whatever it is and to learn faster than I did. Because it wasn't like I, I was a party to a war crime and I, like, I didn't even realize it while it was happening. Like that's, and that's how it's possible. Like if you know, hey guys, we're gonna go commit a war crime, come on. No, it's we're gonna go protect the country and yeah, rah, like and if you don't have that, then you know, obviously it doesn't work. And I, I'm not the most open-minded and inclined to question the system, or at least I wasn't. Maybe it's a matter of conditioning, but I really was not ready to question until I got out and was disgruntled. And then I looked back and was like, whoa, gee, the institution right. that treated me badly treated Iraqis badly. Surprise, surprise, right? right? And that's the perspective that, that, that I really want to underscore for people now considering joining the military. And I'm so honored that that you mentioned my book, Freedom, and that there is a section on soldiering. We'll make sure we get you a copy in the mail here. But for our audience, I do want to share just the last paragraph of this section. Soldiering is sold as fighting for freedom, and governments want us to be grateful for their wars. But just by putting on that uniform, Every soldier makes the citizens less free. Being a soldier is a choice. No one can force you to do something immoral. When we see through the propaganda of collectivism, there will be no more militaries. When we hold each other accountable for individual acts of violence, there will be no more war. When we demand our freedom, there will be no more soldiers. And what we will have is the warrior class restored to its rightful place in society, the founder's vision of a well-armed militia being the righteous defense, a well-armed population mm -hmm. that refuses to be governed by anyone. And as Gandhi proved, the well-armed part is actually <laughs> optional. But yes, the warrior class has a righteous place in society. Militarism is destroying that. And, and thank you for, prior to enlisting, at least taking a minute to consider the true perspective that you get when you look at the situation honestly. Right. Um, on your Facebook, we have a comment on your segment, I believe with GI Mary Jane. Uh, Finland gets new female leadership from Andre. And Andre says, no feminism is a left wing statist creation and have <laughs> nothing to do with liberty. Uh, hold, hold on, hold on, no, before he continues, like, I knew, and it's, it's funny, like, I, I didn't even, 
mention feminism until like partway into that video, well, it's right? It's just the hashtag. Oh, because the hash really is the hashtag. People just oh really? People on the internet are just looking for shit to argue with and have nothing intelligent the to say most of the time. Oh, it's one of those. Oh. Invaded his safe space. Oh, oh, your safe space was triggered by <laughs> by my intellectual examination of feminism. No, hashtag feminism. Uh, offended this this man i i knew that was gonna ha there's gonna be a triggering involved and i'm i'd like to think i'm i'm very sensitive when it comes to talking about gender and gender relation issues but no this is something that's like really clear cut that you know the people and and i, and I agree with it i would rephrase what this troll i guess yes. andre's not as a real person on facebook but that, that yes it's a left-wing status creation Fine, and and I'm not an expert on the history of feminism. Like, and I and I I can say like lots of good things about how humanity is being elevated for men and women in in distinct ways based on those gender dynamics, and and not be triggered, believe it or not. And it it, it it's worth pointing out. So, Andres, I'm I'm kind of with you here. If but I would rephrase it as modern institutional political feminism <laughs> is a left wing status creation, and that's exactly the point I was making in the video is separating. Because what they have been forced, essentially, to, to get, and if you look it up in the dictionary, the definition of feminism in, in every place I've seen it is something like the belief that men and women are equal. Right. And if it's in the sense that I describe it, that libertarianism understands it, that your gender is irrelevant. And, this, and it, it's better than male-female. It's your, your the, the composition of your sexuality, your, your gender, your biology is irrelevant to you having fundamental rights as a human being. In that right. sense, all humans yeah. are equal. And, and that was really the point of, of bringing up feminism here. But yeah, I'm not, I'm not surprised. In your hashtag. <laughs> Uh, he continues to say, "What happened, Adam? You got too horny on power and have been and had been advised <laughs> to use feminism as a pull on the females." You know, I don't wow. think we should. I, I, I'm, 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 and, but I, yeah, no, I, I came up with this on my own, believe it or not. Uh, was not advised. This is, this is something that's. It's actually been like, I, like I said in that video too. I covered this. Seven years ago, it was the 2011 edition of Adam, eight, eight years ago, the 2011 edition of Adam versus the Man out of the apartment in Virginia, where uh, I first made this connection and was like, wow, this, this is a perversion of what so many well-intentioned women are trying to do. To say we, we should assert our rights and we need feminism and then the state comes in and the liberals come in and go well here's how we do it with affirmative action and the government forcing it and it's more men attacking men of that and that's what statism is so i really think what i'm getting at here that i do want to do more of that that i think is how we really truly increase the appeal of libertarianism among women, because yeah, let's 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 be honest, guys. We're falling a little short here. Now, I'm not I'm not it's the sausage party. <laughs> it's the sausage party now. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> I'm not one to wring my hands over. Oh my gosh, there aren't enough women in the freedom movement. But I'm not going to live in denial of demographic reality. Right. And I would caution anybody who wants to be reactionary and say, well, we need we need affirmative action in the LP. We need to make sure we have just as many female candidates as male. No, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying. The old parties are dominated by men too. Yes. This is this is this is th there is something about politics that more naturally aligns 
with the divine masculine of, of wanting to take charge of, of, of leadership, uh, of the challenge and, and the fight of politics. I think the the de-escalation of violence in governments and politics around the world is, is reflected and, and goes hand in hand with women coming more into power politically. But that's not the goal. That's not the end to, to have political power because political power is not in line with the divine feminine. I mean, it's not in line with the divine masculine either because it's unjust application of violence to control other people and just presenting to people libertarianism properly. This is not a political message. This is an ethical message. It is peace and love and harmony in contrast to violence and control and, and authority. And gee, what, what's more masculine, what's more feminine? Ah, uh, yeah, no shit. The evolution towards a more libertarian society is an evolution mm -hmm. to a, a, a more feminine society in a lot of ways. And that's progress. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to pull punches on that because it is going to actually be good for everybody and reinvigorate what should be a, a divine masculine role in society that is crushed worse by the state than divine femininity because that's the challenge. And this is why I say the state is primarily men attacking men. Look at the incarceration rates. Yes, yes. I've been, I'll say it again. I have been red pilled in the, in the men's <laughs> rights movement sense. I get it. And lastly, I was really excited to hear you mentioned on the Alex Jones show on that little segment. That was fun. That was a nice, nice little <laughs> surprise. And to see him kind of surprised was yeah. already, you know, he's, old friend of mine, someone who's interviewed me a handful of times. I've, I've always appreciated, you know, the way he shares his platform with activists. And, uh, I, you know, he said, he said he's a good guy, but I was, I was, I was disappointed to hear that, that he hadn't heard of this campaign yet. And we're, we're going to fix that. Well, we, that all well, yeah. solved. So we'll see, <laughs> we'll see now how, uh, you know, if, if now that Alex Jones knows he's got a real option with the Libertarian Party, yeah. as he, he used to talk about a lot. But anyway, you want to get into some of the comments. I did. So it was posted on YouTube and every other social media platform. And uh, I wanted to read off some of the YouTube comments. And the first one I want to read is from Libertarian Revolution. And he says, she says, I'm, I'm not... Don't I'm presume Libertarian Revolution's gender. gender. Yes. <laughs> Um, they said, I remember back in the day when Alex Jones did not support mainstream politicians and was more supportive of minor party and independent candidates. Mm. I am surprised that Jones and his team didn't know that Adam Kokesh was running for president. Yeah, yeah, and there is, there is a bit of a disappointment there, not just like, I like Alex Jones better when he was promoting Ron Paul. And it's not, are they mainstream or not? Some people would argue that as successful as he was as a usually second, third, fourth place candidate in the Republican primaries state by state in 28, 2008 and 2012, that Ron Paul was mainstream and that, you know, he wrote best-selling books. And, you know, I, I think that's like, it, it's just, it's, it's almost sad to see that Jones went for Trump the way that he did. And I, yeah. I don't, you know, Alex Jones, of, of all the crazy stuff I've heard about him, I, I've <laughs> never heard anything. Yeah, you, you can laugh. There's a, there's a, there's a lot out there. And I, I, I mean, Alex Jones is, is an icon. He's a gift to America. Like, really, what yeah. he represents is so beautiful that we have such a powerful voice questioning as, as, as the, the way that he does as consistently and persistently as he has and 
the worst that I've heard that, that holds any water is actually a testament to, who, to, to his character. And, and that's that he's some kind of controlled opposition, that he's been manipulated by people outside, that he's been promoted in some ways, and then when they were done with him, they use him as the excuse for internet censorship and try to cast him aside, kicking him off YouTube and iTunes and, and who knows whatever other platforms when, when, when he went through all of that. And I, I certainly sympathize being pretty well shadow canned everywhere I show up uh, on, on mainstream corporate social media platforms. But I'm... I'm much more, and you, I get it that someone would want to say, Adam, you're the leading libertarian candidate for 2020. Alex Jones, just as a journalist who has some anti-establishment inclinations, should know, hey, somebody running in the LP primary? You know, like, what's, like yeah. what's going on? And I'm more inclined to think that he's been manipulated. We have been sending him our press releases for two years. I'm more inclined oh. to think that he's being manipulated than to think that he is in any way compromise his principles and and i know that, that we don't perfectly align he used to describe himself more as a libertarian i don't know if he's not doing that just to be a better trump supporter but i i think at heart he still is and and he never quite got i don't think to, to the bottom of the rabbit hole on on libertarian philosophy and that's why he was able to to, to be swayed to by trump side. although i don't know i mean i'd be more inclined to think like with all the stuff that Trump is doing that, that Alex seems to be in denial of, I'm, I'm more inclined to think someone's got a gun to his head. <laughs> you know, like, I don't think Alex can be bought off. He has too much right. integrity. He has put in too much time and, and blood, sweat, and tears in, in, into the freedom movement as a whole to, to waking people up. I have a hard time believing that he's really in denial of how much Trump is serving the establishment. Hmm. You don't. All right, let's go. Next, next comment. I don't. Uh, I, I, my faith <laughs> in Alex Jones being Alex Jones will not be shaken. I'm definitely moved and inspired by this apparent love and bromance <laughs> that you have for him. It's respect. It I gives mean, you know, me hope. <laughs> All right. With this bromance, so. Uh, the next comment that I would like to read is by C. Miller, and C. Miller says, Alex knows damn well Ron Paul wouldn't tell the feds to cut rates. WTF happened to Alex? Uh, knows that Ron Paul wouldn't cut rates. And this is really interesting how Alex is trying to justify, in that segment even, Trump as almost as, it's almost like having Ron Paul as president. No, no, Ron Paul wrote a book called End the Fed, not get the Fed to create $500 billion more money between now and January 14th. Like, and this is a story we covered earlier in the show today, oh, like about, about quantitative easing yeah. and about record tax collection. Like, and, and, and I, 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 I'm really suspicious here that, Excuse me, I really highly suspect that something else <laughs> is going on with InfoWars and in, in, in that Alex Jones is being manipulated because this Stockholm Syndrome effect is so beneath him. That's almost pod people like, <laughs> right? <laughs> so the next comment that I'd like to share is from Coach TMAC. 
And they say, <laughs> seriously, I and others would really benefit from a discussion with Alex Jones and Adam the Man Kokesh. <laughs> it's versus the man, but thank you. Thank you. <laughs> but... <laughs> Well, I mean, that's that's almost a compliment. Adam, the man, Kokesh. Right, that's, right. I mean, you're really getting shit done in here. <laughs> but like on a six to eight topic series. Oh, man. What 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 are we getting at here? Like a new uh, Frost, Nixon, Jones, Kokesh kind of thing? You know, I've... Yeah, like a mashup, but with Adam, the man, Kokesh. Yeah, right. No, but I've... I've... You've heard me say this before that one of my fantasies about this campaign, like Ooh. being a being a policy nerd, my fantasy nerd or my <laughs> policy nerd fantasy. Yes, yeah, slow down, Sam. Uh, my policy <laughs> nerd fantasy is, is that someone is going to pull me aside and say, Adam, you need to sit down with me for six hours, and I'm going to ask you about your plan and how it applies to every single objectionable question every what every single agency because i've done it i've done the math i can show you the work i have i've got the proof i've work. got the documents okay show well we're working work. on the documents still to, to 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 communicate this plan in, in the appropriate legal terms for the executive order to achieve it but yeah I, I, maybe maybe alex is up for that i don't know i think that'd be a lot of fun maybe maybe some other journalist is going to scoop him on this and and See, all right, I'm going to interview Adam for six hours and catch him. You know, we're going to prove that he doesn't know what he's talking about. But no, like, we can we can dissolve the federal government. Society has gone through, over different historical periods, far greater shifts, changes, reorganizations. And we're saying, like, hey, let's do things the easy way, not the hard way. Certainly, waiting for Trump to end the Fed <laughs> sounds like doing things the hard way. You know what you should do is the next book that you come out with needs to be Freedom for Dummies. Uh, uh, that uh. would be great. Freedom <laughs> is for everybody, Sam. <laughs> well, no, it's just for layman's terms, easy reading. It, it already is. It, it, the book you. even already is. To you. Maybe uh. I'm just speaking like a millennial. <laughs> anyway, um, the next comment that I'd like to read is from Master Booze. No, I like that already. Um... <laughs> Master Booze says, I heard Alex say this yesterday. It really pissed me off. He would write off the great Adam Coke. Uh, oh, now I, now I know now how you're, you're selecting comments. Now you're just stroking his ego. <laughs> well, no, if it was up to me, we would have more death threats. Those are more entertaining, uh, yeah, am I right? All right, but, well, maybe yeah. next week we'll get to some Hopefully death threats. Hopefully next week. But says, as not legit person running for office, I've met Adam. And he would actually stop government intervention or die trying. Alex is way into President Trump to see others like Kokesh try to create real reform. <sighs> yeah, yeah, it, it was it was a little disappointing. I I would I would hope for a little more respect yeah. from Alex Jones. I do, I do think his comment there uh, displayed a, a little bit of. You know, inclination to to disrespect, um, and I, and I think that's why a lot of people were were triggered by that. But I, I again, I want to give Alex the benefit of the doubt. He he did seem taken by surprise. You yeah. know, he didn't know that I was running. Um. So anyway. 
Well, that yeah, kinda, we, got, we got any more comments on this yeah, one? Yeah, that we actually kind of ties into the last comment I wanted to read that really, really caught my eye. Um, simply says, from an anonymous source, says, maybe the person on the InfoWars team who has been hiding your press releases and the Libertarian Party from Alex <laughs> is also the one feeding him <laughs> false information about Trump and the Fed. Hmm. Next level conspiracy shit, right? Mm, again, with my, my pod people. <laughs> my pod people theory. See, I'm on to something here. Okay. Um, it continues to say, maybe Alex should go back and read And the Fed by Ron Paul. Maybe there's an infiltrator on in his staff. Hmm. Well, now, you know, when you... when you, I, 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 I would have assumed that with all of the government rackets and evil people that Alex Jones takes on on a regular basis. There are going to be infiltrators on his staff anyway. But th that would explain this, uh, that, and, and I, I think if, if you're as rich as Donald Trump and you can hire enough people to do stuff like this, you know, he's got some black ops around his campaign budget. I don't doubt it. Um, if you're Donald Trump and, and you see what Alex Jones represents, I think maybe Trump played Alex Jones perfectly and did it not honestly, but through infiltration, through manipulation. It's not that hard to get hired and work your way into an organization over time. Right. Trump has been, remember, Trump, is, Trump didn't just decide to run for president off the cuff. He's been talking about it for literally decades yeah so the idea that he would have moles in different organizations or even if it's not them maybe the republican party has had a mole in in, in the alex jones organization for and in Infowars, whatever you know he's got all sorts of right, different affiliates yeah. and whatnot prison planet and, and, and different brands maybe he's got uh you know someone that's been in there for for many many years it's, it's quite possible right um the, la the end of this says, either way, he needs to consider your plan to take the federal government through a bankruptcy process. You're taking hashtag and the Fed to the next level, and the only one who's really meant it since Ron Paul. I hope he endorses you again like he did for your congressional race. Hashtag and the Fed. Hmm. You know, it's, it's funny that, that they brought that up, and I'm, I'm, I'm really grateful to have had Ron Paul's support in 2010 when I was running for Congress. I don't think he's going to endorse uh, a libertarian ever again. You know, he was a libertarian nominee in 1988, and I was uh, so inspired by seeing, you know, a lot of his old work during that time, and how many people he's brought into the movement, it, it really is unparalleled. Ron Paul is, is, is next level when it comes to that. And it, it's, you know, it's it's a little sad to see him seemingly compromise so much and hold back so much in, in order to support the Rand Paul strategy, which which I don't think is helpful. I think it really reinforces turning to government to solve problems. I think when you say, well, I'm going to be a conservative or a constitutionalist, you're saying, well, we're, we're going to turn to authority to these words on paper. I think uh, of all people, Alex Jones should be ready to see past that. Uh, you know, the thing about, you know, telling him to go back and read End the Fed again, it's like, yeah, you know, I read End the Fed. I read Ron Paul's book it, right when it came out. And it, it's it's something deeper than that. And, and I, I hope that, 
you know, whatever comes out of this, Alex actually figures out. Because I want Alex to be the best Alex he can be. You know, and I, I'm not I'm not being facetious or patronizing. Right. If there's someone on his staff who's manipulating him, who's, you know, at very least hiding my press releases. Yeah. You know, like you go, well, Alex, the, the, you know, I get it. I'm not headline news every day with this presidential campaign. Cool. Fine. But you should know what's going Like if, if you care about freedom in the United States, you should know what's going on in the Libertarian Party. You should right. know, like, who's running for the Libertarian Party nomination for president. How much time have you spent covering the Democrats? And, you know, on election night in 16, I remember Alex Jones was celebrating drinking champagne. And good for him, because he really did put a lot behind Trump. And there were a lot of Libertarians who were sucked into supporting Trump. But at this point, Maforty Chess, yeah. no excuse. Bullshit. You want to look at Donald Trump honestly? It's time to come back to the Libertarian Party. Yep. And Alex, I, I, I'm I'm always here for you. My cell phone number hasn't changed since we last were text buddies. Aww. I don't know. I don't know if he still has it. He should. Um, I'd say email it to him, but we don't know if he's gonna get it. Right. Well, like, well, yeah. Good point. Uh, he doesn't check his Alex. Alex Jones is too big a deal. He doesn't check his own <laughs> emails. And I would hope that whoever is listening from InfoWars, whether you're on staff or you're a fan of Alex Jones and, and the audience, call in, ask that he, he interview libertarian candidates. And, and, and I, I think Alex is worth, I mean, I've heard a lot of people turn away from Alex and say, oh, we're disappointed in him. I think when, when someone goes through that, and maybe, maybe people have done this already, I don't know. I'm not an expert in all things Alex Jones, but I would want to see his audience you know, engage him on this and be like, hey, yeah, if we're going to be your audience and, and you're only giving us information about Trump, we're going to want to go somewhere else for information about the Libertarian Party to hear interviews with Libertarian right, candidates, yeah. to hear from people who are really challenging the system in, in a more meaningful way. Like, hey, uh, we're actually going to end the Fed, like really end the Fed. Yeah. And like, I'm so grateful for that that last comment saying taking yeah. it to the next level. Yeah. And 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 we're kind of reclaiming that brand, uh, Ron Paul branding of end the Fed to say, no, we don't just mean end the Federal Reserve, we mean end the entire federal government. Yes, the American people deserve a real choice in 2020. So I hope you'll help me get the nomination. And uh, Alex Jones is an undeniable, powerful voice and a strong yeah. factor in American politics and really a gift to the American people. I, I, I want to talk to him. I want I want to see him uh, be the best Alex Jones he can be. So we can have the best and freest America that we can have. America. All right. On that note, that's all we got time for. Thank yep. you so much, Sam. That was fan mail and death threats. Don't forget to support our sponsors, local.bitcoin.com, bitcoin.com. Great place to get started with cryptocurrencies. I use the bitcoin.com wallet. It is super convenient, super easy. Naturalnews.com for all of your health information, news, needs, and all of your research on understanding all the poisons and, and disgusting stuff they put in your food. Check it out, naturalnews.com. And if you got metal in your mouth, you can get it out. Check out Northern Arizona Biological Dentistry. Of course, we have merchandise available. Finally, sort of, temporary solution. Really great selection. Thank you to Marcus and everybody on my team who got us that stopgap put together. A, well, it's a really cool store. And they got some really, like, stuff that I wouldn't have come up with for t-shirt designs. Hug Life. I love that one. Hug Life. Because 
after the the hug challenge at Straight yeah. Pride and getting pepper sprayed by the cops. So that one's uh, my favorite. I I love wearing the free hugs T-shirt. I kind of want to get my own, but it's it's like no, that that's out there. I don't need to like do my own version of free hugs. <laughs> but we have Hug Life. I love and, that. And that's the, yeah, that's one that's of my, my favorite, favorite. T-shirts that, yeah. that any of our our team has ever come up with. So uh, don't forget. Find us at thefreedomline.com for now, abtm10.libsyn.com. Eventually, we'll get everything organized, adamversustheman.com. We'll get the flow going. we got Joey and Sam on the road with us for at least the next six months as co-producers. I'm very excited about that. And obviously, uh, you know, we missed the show yesterday. And, and just for the benefit of anybody who listens all the way to the end, I'll tell you, we're going to be doing our best to make this a consistent Monday through Friday production from now on, making sure that you at least get the essential headlines of, of what's going on in the world and, and a good libertarian perspective on it. And this is a, a version of Adam versus the man that is really good for what we're doing right now, traveling, something we can do efficiently out of the RV. We're going to be doing more add-on videos as well, Man on the Street videos. And actually today, we have a special feature that we're going to wrap this up with. So when I sign off, you are going to hear stoners, strippers, and scripture, also known as bongs, bibles, and bongs, boobs, bibles, yep. joints, joints, jugs, and Jesus. Yep. And this is a really cool coalition <laughs> video with Sam and Joey and our friend Zach Parks, who heads up the Christians for Kokesh Coalition and really demonstrates uniquely how this message is bringing people together from all different walks of life. So that's it for today. Keep being awesome. Peace and love, y'all. What's up, guys? G.I. Mary Jane here, or if you want to use my government name, Joey Lee, I am the director of Stoners for Kokesh. I'm Sam Miller. I'm the director for Exotic Entertainers for Kokesh. And I'm Zach Parks. I'm the director of Christians for Kokesh. And together, we are Stoner Strippers and Scripture. I thought we were doing boobs, bongs, and Bibles, so. Oh, oh, we don't want Zach getting in trouble at church on Sunday, right? Right. <laughs> uh, wow, we've got, uh, you know, a, a, a huge group of, of different demographics here, and, and we're all smiling and giggling and happy, and we have been for quite some time here. <laughs> um, it, 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 it's, it's unity. There's something missing in this country, um, and it's unity. Uh, we've got a presidential candidate now, finally, who is not afraid to reach out to all of these different demographics, and who was successfully able to introduce the three of us and get us talking, and, and, and we've realized that that it's all about freedom. It's about freedom of personal mm -hmm. choice. Yes. Um, not about your own personal morals or your own set of standards, but your choice and allowing others to make their own choices. So, Zach, your, your coalition is awesome. Christians for Kokesh, the purpose is to get the message out that the greatest way that we can spread the love of Jesus Christ and that the greatest way we can spread the gospel is to fight for the cause of freedom. The greatest way that we can help widows and orphans is to get big government off their back. And that's what this platform is about. Um, exotic Entertainers isn't just for strippers, but uh, it also encompasses porn stars, sex workers, webcam models, anybody really involved with adult entertainment. And the reason that this group and people like myself are for Adam Kokesh is because he also does not believe that the government should have anything to do with what goes on between two consenting adults. Or one consenting <laughs> adult, right? 
talking about smokers. Come oh. on now. <laughs> no, I, I, absolutely. It's, it's about personal choice and what we choose to put in our bodies, what substances we decide to use, how much of that substance we decide to use for our own personal wellness is something that no moral group, no governing agency should be able to dictate. Um, this co or the Adam's platform absolutely appeals to the cannabis community for the simple reason that it it allows us to finally make that decision and have that personal choice. Um, he is adamantly spoken out against prohibition, and that's something that a lot of us have been living under the tyranny of for a long time. Right, right, and the, really, there I can't even stress this enough. There is no reason whatsoever for the government to be involved in what we do with and to our bodies or between two consenting adults, and. Through his message of, of unity and localization, um, if you decide that you don't want to be at a strip club smoking a joint with G.I. Mary Jane and myself, then, uh, you know, you don't have to live in the area where we're going to be doing it. But don't, you know, why, why? Just why put those ideals on, on us? If you don't want to do it, don't be involved in it, right? That's right. That's right. The reason I'm here is because I know legislating morality doesn't work. Putting a gun and a Bible to everyone's head doesn't make them a believer, and and does not make them a Christian. <laughs> it doesn't work, and it's destroyed the reputation of Christians everywhere. And it's time for this to stop. It's time for us to understand that you know, the true love of Jesus would not do that, and true tolerance and the true biblical values are about freedom and letting other people live the life that they want to live. And not right. passing judgment, is it? That's, that's in the book. I read that there. Yes. I can't remember who first said that, but, you know. I, I believe that Adam, Adam is the best man for the, this job uh, because he has the, the reputation um, and the experience in film, or in uh, TV, in uh, radio, uh, mainstream media. He has the name recognition uh, to carry the party forward in 2020. Um, as of the last FEC final, filing, he has raised ten times more than all of the other libertarian candidates combined, and that is powerful. Right. He's also the only other candidate that has truly stood by his message of localization and his integrity, uh, his non-aggressive principles, and standing up for the marginalized. The marginalized, and there's so many different marginalized groups, so many different demographics. Um, Adam, being a combat veteran, knows that, that, that one of those marginalized groups is, is the veteran community. They come home, and the VA tries to prescribe them all these suicide pills. Uh, there's, there's an epidemic of veterans committing suicide in VA parking lots after they go in for help and can't receive it. Um, Adam, however, decided to continue that integrity, the integrity that the military may have helped teach him, uh, and, and take charge of his own personal choice and his own decisions. He has openly said uh, that cannabis saved his life and kept him off of those suicide pills that are taking 22 veterans every single day. And a candidate that is unashamed to admit that a substance that's illegal on a federal level is absolutely what saved his life and allowed him to be the successful activist that he's been since coming back. Right. That's a candidate that that's we need. Want. Yeah. Absolutely. Definitely. It's, it's, it's time that, that, that there is an end to, to all of the judgment being done, right. the, the stigmatizing of the different demographics, um, and, and we're going to accept nothing less than a complete end of the drug war. Amen.
him to that. He's also the only other candidate that can bring in people that nobody else has or can. Adam's message of localization is the most principled message of liberty in this election. It is the fulfillment of the first American Revolution, and I hope that every libertarian, every American can get behind this. If you like what you've heard, go to coquetchforpresident.com, join the revolution, and this can be the final American Revolution. I hope to see everybody on the polls. At the polls. Oh, right. <laughs> and I'm the one who's supposed to be high. <laughs> <laughs>